0: Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? Kind of misty. It. it rained a little bit last night, but it feels good outside. And it's a great time to be a gardener. Hey, y'all, I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and you're listening to the Gestalt Gardener, which is a garden party produced by Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Uh, my producer, Java Chapman, and uh, Melody, uh, oops, Mary Cole, our our intern volunteer, we're going to be talking uh, together to get you on the line because it's a live program we'll be talking about gardening. There's some things going on, some events coming up, got some cheesy music, uh, some emails to share with you, but mostly it is a live calling program from a non-profit horticulturist who just wants you to have a good time and enjoy what you're doing, regardless what it is. That's the way we roll here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting, We can take a little news and come back with the gestalt gardener right after
1: this this is an mpb think radio podcast to hear previous shows visit mpbonline.org or download the mpb public radio app to listen on your iphone or android phone on demand
0: Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Felt Rushing, and we're going to be talking about gardening. Got some emails to share with you, a few events to share, but uh, here it is, uh, almost the middle of March. we got St. Uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day coming up. And a few other events. We're going to talk about those. But it is a live call in program. If you've got some things you want to chat about, ask about, explain about, or uh then I need to do a little bit more head scratching, get a little bit more detail, or explain myself, give us a call. It's uh toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Uh I want to mention first of all I had a blast this past week down on the coast. Uh, one was talking to the Beach Garden Club down in Biloxi. Uh, ladies are, are real strong supporters of MPB, and we appreciate that. But our our, uh, our, our executive producer, our, our director, Ronnie Agnew, and I went down there and had a really, really good time. Uh, but last night, I was down in Foley, Alabama. We're talking about eastern L.A., eastern Lower Alabama, uh, at the Civic Center there right beside the Foley Library, and it was... It was just an incredible crowd. There were so many people, different kinds of folks, different shapes and sizes and attitudes and all. And uh, we really whooped it up, had a really, really good time. And I appreciate uh, the turnout. The library folks did a, a real good job of, of having a lot of fun with gardening. And uh, we've got ca- a couple of things coming up real soon. Next week, this coming Tuesday night, uh, is going to be all about growing great garden tomatoes. I might need to go to that myself. It's a free program. Uh, it's Monday, March the 13th at the Cup. Papai County Extension Service. This is put on by the Papai County Master Gardeners. They always do a wonderful job of coming up with practical programs uh, to for to help people get started on gardening. Again, that's this coming Monday night. I thought it was Tuesday night, but it's March the 13th. A um, couple of other things that, that uh, you might want to put on your calendar. Uh, the, the Flora Plant Swap is coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll talk about that. Um, and also, the Metro Master Gardeners in the Jackson area having their annual plant sale Saturday, April the 22nd. Got plenty of time to talk about that, a few other things, but I do want to get to some phone calls. Again, um, we've got uh, just all sorts of things that are going on right now, and some things you need to kind of slow it down just a little bit. Let's start out with a a real hardcore question from Thomas in Columbia. Hey, Thomas, how are you this morning?
2: Oh, just fine. A couple of years ago, we had some pine trees to blow over, and so I had the stumps ground. So I took the real fine pine, pine shavings, put them in my garden, let them rot, thinking that I was uh, enhancing my garden. Well, everything went bad. Well, I put lime and I put black slag in my garden. Uh, somebody told me, said, yeah, you've got it too acid. Have I hurt my garden right now?
0: No, heck no. And in and, and, and that acid thing, uh, I hear this all the time about pine leaves being acid. They are Technically, but from a practical practical point of view, they're not that big a deal. They're really not. The acidity is from the – as they break down, the natural uh, organic acids uh, tend to accumulate. But it does it over such a slow, long time. It really doesn't affect plants if you give them a little fertilizer to counteract the – see, when a soil is too acid or too alkaline, uh, fertilizers tend to get tied up and plants can't absorb them. But if you'll fertilize – uh, you know, the plants will get by with, without it. Uh, the lime does last for, for three or four years or so. So if you put some lime out there, I really wouldn't worry about it too much.
2: What benefits are the lime and the black slag to the garden?
0: Well, li- lime is, uh, it, of course, is ground-up limestone. It's natural. What it is, is very alkaline. It, it it sort of counteracts the acidity. It's like you got uh, too much hot water, you pour a little cold water in it. You know, so yes. it, it it basically does. And it slag works real fast. Uh, so slag is a real fast-acting, you know, lasts basically a year. Agriculture lime takes a little bit longer to start dissolving, but it lasts for two, three, four years or more. So if you put slag in, that's short-term. The lime is long-term. Uh, the, the question I have, Thomas, though, so is are you planting in a lot of organic matter? Do you need to dig down and bring some dirt up to mix with it?
2: oh no i've got, I've got plenty of dirt I mean it's just it, it's good dirt
0: now, yeah, I wouldn't worry about it you know you know, okay. it, it, you know the the, the Pascha again any any type of of organic matter decomposes it gives off organic acids. They used to say put lime in your compost because compost when it first starts working is acidic, but they they showed if you test it after it finishes composting, it's neutral it's, it's, you know so it's a, a temporary thing. I think you've got it fixed.
2: Can I ask one more question? Sure. Okay. A lady told me she puts a product called toferin, which is she kills grass and weeds with it. Hmm. Have you ever heard of Topherin?
0: Oh, uh, that's a brand name. So yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. You, you know how to spell it?
2: T O P R E N I think, or T O F R
3: E N.
0: Okay, I, I would. That's that's a brand name, and yes. I, uh, unless I know. You know what the active ingredient is? I really can't comment because okay. there's some things. Right. The, the reason I'm saying that because some products last a long time, some are short-term, and you want to use a short-term thing so you don't poison your soil because what will kill oh, weeds yeah. will kill garden plants.
2: Plants, okay. Okay, well, thank, thank you so much. Sir. All right. Hey,
0: stay, stay tuned because during the break I'll, I'll see if I can Google that and find out what it is.
3: Okay, thank you, sir.
0: All right, appreciate your call. All right. Okay, uh, again, gardening is going on right now. People are jumping. The wisteria is blooming. The azaleas are blooming. There's so much going on right now. But this uh, night before last, we got a cold rain. It didn't just rain. It was a cold rain. And if you put out tomatoes and peppers and basil, bean seeds, uh, anything zinnias, any kind of plant that likes it in the summertime, cold, wet soils... Make it a lot easier for diseases to happen, particularly to plant roots. So I know that everybody's just busting loose. It's springtime. And you just can't help yourself. But let's try not to plant too early. We may or may not get some cold weather, but we are having cold rain. The dirt is still cold. And so I would recommend, you know, we have all summer. We have enough time for two gardens back to back here in the, the deep south, the lower south, along the Gulf Coast. You can plant your summer garden. In April, and harvest it, and plant a completely new one in late July or August, and have it have time for it to to mature before frost. So we got a long season. No need to rush it. Don't stunt your plants. Uh, let's wait a little bit longer. Plants will go in the ground smoothly. They'll jump. They'll really enjoy uh, growing. They'll perform a whole lot better. Less risk of, of problems with diseases, particularly with the roots. You wanna know, give me a call? It's toll free one eight seven seven M P B ring. Uh, Java, I drove down to uh, Foley, Alabama last night, uh, y- yesterday afternoon, in my pickup truck. A lot of people saw all the stuff going in the back of my truck. They couldn't believe it.
2: No, that's that's beautiful. Did um did, did anything fall off?
0: No, okay. no. Well, if I got any bugs on it, bugs can't stick in my garden because I drive way too fast. <laughs> but And it does smell. Sometimes I open up the little back window. I've got an old pickup truck, and you can sort of open up, slide a little thing on the back window from the cab. Yeah. And uh, the wind and the rosemary and the oregano and all like that wafts in it. It makes me smell like beef stew.
2: Now, did you give anything away off
0: your truck? No.
2: Did no you you no.
0: didn't give anybody some oregano? You know that's that's my food. You know you don't go in somebody's yard and steal their. But you know somebody want to take a little pinch of it, my rosemary or whatever. That's okay. But the uh, problem is everybody get a piece of it. I got nothing left to sweeten up my roadkill. There you go. <laughs> You're right. Hey, listen. I, I I brought in something a uh, uh, a thing from a caller uh, that I that that from uh, when we first started MPB back in. Uh, March of, whew, it's been fourteen or fifteen years. It's been a long time ago. This is one of the first callers. Can we can we play this thing? I, I, I don't don't remember the guy's name, but he was one of the first ever callers, and he wanted to know what the G salt mean.
4: Yes, sir. Well, well I use my old call handle from Vietnam, and call handle call sign is Pants. Ideas about this program, uh, yards and gardens. That is, well, they call it G salt. I'm gonna have to look that one up because Felter didn't explain what G salt means. And I know all about trout lilies and wild azaleas and bush honeysuckles and tube honeysuckles. And I just like to say that we need to get this program back up to at least two hours, maybe three. Thank you for listening.
0: That's one of the first callers I got. He said we need to get this program up to three hours, Java. And he hadn't even heard you maybe, what, ten minutes? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. His name was Fence Post. What you want to bet he was skinny as a rail? Oh, yeah, out in the sticks. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, I've, I've been trying to, to look up Topherin or toprin. I, I cannot find out what kind of herbicide that is. Problem with brand names, uh, when somebody uses something, it, uh, unless you know what it is and what it's for, you also can't figure out what you should not use it around. So when it comes to blanket herbicides, blanket insecticides, I just don't go there. It's just too dangerous. Uh, they're They're very useful tools but the way we've got things now with pesticides there they have a narrow spectrum of what they do how they work and where it's safe to use them including some natural stuff so anyway if you're not sure what it is if you can't read the label i would not recommend using it uh just just period just, that's just the way it is it's just like you got a can on the store uh, on the shelf Doesn't have a label. Have no idea what's in the can, and you're hungry. You never know. It might be a can of old mushrooms. Let's go down to Mobile, Alabama, and talk with Mikey. Hey, Mikey. Good morning.
5: Hey. Good morning. Thank you. I hope you can help me with this. But um, anyhow, let me just throw it out there. Wisteria. Um, uh, Last August, I uh, dug up by the roots um, about 800 yards of roots mm-hmm. and got that taken care of. That's the only way that I've been able to be successful so far. I have other areas that look like, uh, that, which I cut most of them off, the ones that I could um, at, you know, oh. knee high or whatever. Um, but these things are like Tarzan movie, yeah. you know, um, level mysterious.
0: So how do now, you I've
5: looked into insecticides? I mean, uh, herbicides, and uh, I haven't found anything.
0: Roundup won't do it. Okay, and okay, 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 okay. Let, let, let's let's, let's like okay. Hang 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 on. Let's let's cut to the chase. How do you get rid of wisteria? Okay, there's two ways: pull it up or spray it with a herbicide. And Roundup not only will work, but it's the only one that I would recommend. That's safe for other plants nearby. It works like a charm. It works on wisteria, kudzu. Honeysuckle, poison ivy, uh, Roundup, it only kills what you put it on the green growing tissue of. So if you'll cut the wisteria down or the honeysuckle or the poison ivy, whatever, let it sprout back out and then spray the new foliage with it. And if you'll do that, it will kill it roots and all. It won't hurt tree trunks, won't hurt the soil nearby. You know, it only kills what you get it on the green growing tissue of. And then it degrades in carbohydrates. So Roundup will work, but again, cut it back, let the stuff sprout back out, and spray the new growth, and it will work. Okay, we've got to take a break. Uh, Mikey, appreciate your call. We've got uh, Erica from Madison and Michael from Hattiesburg. Uh, we're going to take phone calls right up until the end of the hour, so if you want to give us a call, toll-free mpb ring I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. Um, I don't mind doing natural stuff. I've written for Organic Gardening Magazine, but I ain't scared to use other things selectively and carefully and thoughtfully. We're going to take a little break here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting and come back with a garden program we call the G-Salt Gardener. We'll be right back.
3: for the arts and music is mpb music radio from classical to bluegrass and everything in between mpb music radio has a sound for every ear for information on where to find mpb music radio visit mpbonline.org
1: this is mpb think radio mississippi is our mission Your home for the arts and music
3: is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org.
1: You're listening to The Gestalt Gardener on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464, or email garden at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio.
0: Okay, no, Welcome back, folks. Uh, I met somebody that influenced me in an indirect way when I was a kid. Now, I know that my, my esteemed producer here, Java, is uh, he's a young thing. And he may not remember Little Red Riding Hood. He may not remember Wooly Bully. But uh, one of the most iconic party bands from the 1960s was called Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. And last night, I got to meet Butch Gibson, who played saxophone with Wooly Bully. And uh, and Sam, he was one of the Pharaohs He lived down on the Gulf Coast down in eastern uh, lower Alabama Really appreciate that. Got a CD. Looking forward to playing some of this. Uh, we do have some things coming up. Uh, if you have some events you'd like me to help promote, shoot me an email, garden at org. Meanwhile, let's go to Madison. Good morning, Erica. Thank you for holding. How are you?
6: I'm good, Felder. Thank you. Sure. I have two. I have two silly questions. I keep planting gardens after Easter, and I keep having terrible luck. And I don't know if I'm just following bad guides or what I'm doing wrong, but is there a book for Mississippi, our part of Mississippi, or this part of the South? Well, just, yeah, I just want a good little garden.
0: Okay. Well, y- yes and no. Uh, you know, I, I've written several books. Nellie Neal has written some books, but the bottom line, you know, gardening is the same whether you're in California or, or Central Mississippi or Tennessee or Boston or England or whatever. Uh, as long as you know what plants do well in that area. And what the seasons are. You know, if you wait until April to plant summer stuff uh, and do an okay job of soil preparation, some people overdo soil preparation, some people over fertilize, they overwater. But if you'll just trust these plants to have a will to live and choose some good ones to begin with, then, uh, you know, you can have reasonable success. Keeping in mind that I've written 18 books and I cannot grow a tomato. I can talk oh, about tomatoes. I can't either. I can talk about them all day long. They've got a fellow named Rick Snyder, uh, who's a researcher down at uh, Crystal Springs Research Station. He's given a whole program that's coming Monday night down in, at the Copa uh, County Extension Service on growing tomatoes. I'm going to go to it because I don't know. I just don't know. And again, I've written books. To, to answer your question, I've got a list of really good plants that I put. It's a free list. I, I email it to you. That is way more than most people will ever get around to planting. So if you're not sure about stuff, keep in mind that what they sell at these big box stores and some of the local garden centers are plants that are flashy, they're pretty, they're attractive, but they don't grow here. That's the marketplace. So that comes with the either experience or a list of plants that are dependable for here. Um, other than that, soil preparation, fertilizing, the watering and stuff, and mulching, uh, they're the same no matter where you are, and every garden book is going to be you know, repeating the same stuff.
6: So I saved all my newspapers for the winter. Is that a good thing to lay down as an as a bear, weed barrier? Is it too late to do that now? Before well, I in, any
0: in, no, go ahead and you know. And I have see. I haven't planted my summer. stuff. I'm not going to plant summer stuff. You know, for another two or three weeks. You know, because it's just too early. But what you do is you work your dirt up, you plant stuff, and you put something around it on top of the ground to keep weed seeds from sprouting. It could be newspaper. It could be bark mulch. It could be pine straw. It could be you know a foot deep barbie dolls you know the the main thing is just covered up where sunshine can't hit the ground but water can still filter through if you put a lot of newspaper out there it'll smother the weeds but it'll keep water from getting down to your roots so i would rather you see you do something like um like a uh, pine bark or something like that around plants it covers the ground up but still lets air and water get down to the roots uh are are you talking about a regular garden like long rows like you know we used to do
6: No, I live in a almost zero-lot line yard now, so I'm just looking for like a square-foot gardening or a container-type gardening where I can have some fresh vegetables.
0: And, Erica, that's the way I garden. I grow uh, all the culinary herbs I use except for Tabasco sauce. I grow all of them in a big container. I've got all sorts of different kinds of containers. A big container is easier to grow several plants in than a bunch of individual small containers. So, you know, rather than have three or four little pots, Go with two or three big pots and plant several things in them. They, that way it doesn't need to be watered as often, doesn't dry out as fast. But um, square foot gardening is a concept. It just means planting stuff together, you know, uh, fairly closely. You don't need, and there's a whole book on that, but it has recipes in it on planting combinations that simply don't work in the South. So uh, sometimes shoot me an email, Erica. I do this all the time. If you'll shoot me an email, then I'll make a, a, a few suggestions of combinations of plants that grow well in containers or small raised beds or fluffed up flower beds. And I would mulch them with bark because that not only does a good job, but it, as it decomposes, it feeds the soil. And next year you can uh, turn it into the, you know, dirt. We, you take your mulch at the end of the season and dig it into your dirt and then add more mulch. And that's why you keep your your garden going really good you so much it's not as complicated as it sounds it can be really complicated but it's really really pretty simple think one pot or one flower bed at a time and shoot me an email okay
6: thank you okay erica thank you
0: for your call you know i know there's so much that you can know and i've learned a lot of stuff but a lot of stuff i've learned I, i don't use i don't do most of the stuff i learned because it's simply not necessary you dig a hole Add a little stuff to it if you need to. Stick something in it that likes it here, green side up. Cover the ground up to keep uh, the sun off the dirt. Some weeds don't grow as well. Water it when it needs it. A little fertilizer. That's pretty much it. Let's go down to Hattiesburg. Hey, Michael, thanks for calling.
3: Good morning, Felder. Thank you for taking my call.
0: Sure, what's up?
3: Well, I've got uh, a couple of questions. First, my own personal problem, I've got a a dandelion in my yard, but it's got a purple, the leaf has a purple tinge to it,
0: uh-huh.
3: and I've tried pulling it up about 20% of the time. I get the little brown ball that probably is what kills it. I've tried spraying it, and it might die down then, but it comes back next year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and- is there something I can do with, about that, or is it just something I have to fight every
0: year? Well, there's a couple of things. First of all, dandelions grow over the winter, and then they die down. As soon as they get hot, they're gone. They grow all summer up, in, up north and in England and stuff, but here they're an overwinter plant, and then they go dormant. So the best time to spray them is going to be Earlier, uh, late you know, December, January, while they're still kind of small, once you start to flower and making those seed pods, the energy uh-huh. is going up and weed killers don't work as well on mature plants that are blooming. So make a note to go out and squirt them, the individual plants when they're small next winter, December, early January, before they get big. Okay. You know, and, and, and there's all sorts of things you can use that are safe for the lawn. Uh, but, you know, like I say, the main thing is, is getting them something that says four dandelions and squirt them when they're still kind of small. Gotcha.
3: Okay. So I need to do it next
0: year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As soon as it gets hot, they're gone. Well right <laughs> uh, and, you know I, I mean they go they go dormant spring, in the in, in the spring, Yeah,
3: about a thousand i mean i i flash
0: up up a handful of a thousand of them uh, I, I, I know i totally i totally get that but again they go dormant when it gets hot here see so okay. they're more of a overwinter bloom in the spring and then they're not a – you know you put a, put a look at where they are right now and then come back in the middle of summer you won't be able to find them Right. See, so there. Think of them as daffodils. Matter of fact, one way to deal with dandelions is to plant daffodils around them and let them be companion plants. And if it's, okay. got, if it's got if it's got a burgundy stripe on the leaf, that thing might sell for five bucks. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, we we want easy to grow flowers. You know, what from a from a uh, um, an ethical point of view, what's the difference between a dandelion and a daffodil? Nothing. Think no, about. Okay. it. Just think about it. Okay. But you anyway, they're easy I- easy kill in the winter.
3: Okay, okay. Now, if I spray them the the leaves now, would that do any good now?
0: Not really. Again, you know, okay. you know, and, and I say here on this program, every December, and January, I said if you got problems with weeds in the spring, in March and April, now's the time to treat them because okay. March and April they're almost impossible to kill. Okay. So just uh, just I- just go with it for now. Gotcha.
3: Gotcha. I'll, I'll do better next year. Okay. The other part is, it's been such a weird – I've already had to cut my grass. Uh, uh, what about weed killer now? Do I wait till I've cut the grass several times, or is it is it like to go ahead and put it out now for just the general weeds that come up?
0: Okay. The, the, the answer is no. Here's the deal in, in, in a nutshell. And, again, keep in mind I'm a trained turf specialist. I don't sell stuff, but weed killers and fertilizers, long-care products, are the single – greatest profit-making item at garden centers. So they push them like crazy. From the garden's point of view, uh, the weeds that are out there now, you could have killed them a lot easier in December or January. Right now, they're very difficult. The weed killers that we put on the lawn, the lawn can normally tolerate, except when it's what we call spring transition. March and early April, when the grass is greening up, it's sensitive to herbicides it can normally tolerate. So what I would do, I would just simply mow what grows. Let's wait till April, put a little fertilizer down, and then think about putting a weed killer down next December or January. Because all those things out there right now, you know, are you know they're they're at the end of their season, and what'll kill them can damage your grass this time of year. So let's wait till next month and fertilize, and we're about uh, weed killers next year. Spray
3: the uh, the weeds before the grass greens out,
0: but. No. This this, this, this this is normal. Think daffodil. daffodils, dandelions, wild onions, wild garlic, henbit, all those kinds. Which, by the way, I actually have in a meadow in my garden. They're wonderful meadow plants. You look at the weediest yards in town, just ride around, look at the weediest yards in town, come back a month from now, and it could be nothing but grass after you mow them. These weeds go dormant as soon as it gets hot. So they're at the end of their season. Grass is the beginning and uh, you can control them at the beginning of their season in December, January. Right now, let's, let's let the grass green up. Let's let it warm up and fertilize sometime in April and worry about the weeds this next winter. Be- All righty. We need to scoot. Let's go on to Gail. We got some cheesy music coming up, but Gail is calling from Looseville. Looseville or Loose
5: Dale?
0: Loose Dale. That's what I thought. I went right past you last night coming back to Jackson. What's going on? I have
6: a question, and I think you answered part of it uh what can i spray
5: on my yard for stickers and a little weed called dollar weed that's a local yeah.
0: Uh, name yeah Do- uh, dollar we Wee.
5: sprayed it we sprayed it in October, november with whatever the extension service told us to mm-hmm. spray but we have stickers
0: okay three things first of all where you have stickers tells me that you got a real thin lawn so, if you want to get rid of stickers, you need to think ahead. You need to spend this summer getting your grass thicker and healthier because stickers are a symptom of a thin lawn. So, if you'll wait till next month, give it a little bit of fertilizer, not a lot, but a little bit of good quality lawn food and raise your mower up. You know, if you can't mow it at the highest, mow it at the next highest. But if you'll raise your mower up, and then fertilize it lightly in in April, then your grass will be a lot thicker and healthier, and you won't have as many stickers this time next year. But the stickers themselves are the seeds of a plant that's dying. Little sticker plants look like little ferns. They come up in the fall, they grow through the winter, they flower, they make sticker seeds, and then they die. So we're at the end of sticker season. So, uh, again, November is a little bit early. We need to wait till late December or January to treat for winter weeds in the lawn when they're up and actually growing. Uh, November, October, November is a little bit early. So late December, January, uh, you can spray then, and that will prevent them from this time next year. But so will getting your grass thicker and healthier over, over the summer. What kind of grass do you have, Gail? Uh, St. Augustine. Okay, now here's something else. What will kill dollar weed will kill St. Augustine. Okay, so there are a couple of herbicides that are fairly narrow spectrum. I try not to recommend them on the air because people misunderstand when I make recommendations. If you send me an email, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple of, of herbicides that will kill the dollar weed without killing your St. Augustine, but it's like chemotherapy. You've got to put out two or three light applications to weaken and then kill the weeds without killing your grass. So okay, it's a little, little delicate on that. We, uh, Dollar weed, the weed killers tend to beat up and roll off because they're real slick. And uh, again, her, you know, this, this is this is stuff that can also kill you. St. Augustine. So we, okay. good luck on it. Thank you. whoo, that was a bunch, bunch about weed killers. And by the way, there are a lot of benefits to leaving some of those weeds out. There. I know you don't like them, but they're pretty. And notice that they're covered with butterflies and bees and pollinators. And as soon as you mow your grass for the summertime, they're gone for the rest of the year. So I would recommend a little bit of tolerance. If you must have a perfect weed-free monocrop lawn, let's, let's, let's look at it from the grass's point of view, not the point of view of people who are selling products. So uh, I can help you with that. If you'll shoot me an email. I guess we need to do some music or something. We need to take a break, catch my breath, get some more coffee, and come back. We got calls from all over the place, and we're gonna take a little break. My name is Felda Rushing. I'm the horticulturist here with the Gestalt Gardener on Mississippi public broadcasting. We'll be right back.
7: I heard Robin this morning. I'm feeling happy today. Going to pack my calves in a whistle. Gonna blow them all away. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy. As happy as a kid. When the red, red robin comes bob, 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 bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Ah, wake up, wake up, you sleepy head, get up. Get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up. The sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along. the red red robin comes bob 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 and along along there'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song Now oh, wake up wake up you sleepyhead get up get up get out of bed cheer up Gear up, just sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red red robin starts bob, bob,
1: bobbing along. If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to MPBOnline.org.
6: MPB Think Radio goes off the beaten path with diverse perspectives and award winning content, attracting an audience who appreciate honesty and value. Sound familiar? reach your target audience with an MPB underwriting credit. For more information, go to mpbonline.org.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: Folks, welcome back again. Horticulturist Felda Rushing here on MPB. We're talking about gardening. And uh, by the way, don't forget that this is daylight savings, either, either ending or beginning. You got to do something to your clocks Saturday night. I don't remember what it is. You don't remember what it is, but you got to do something to your clocks Saturday night. What is Spring it? Spring forward. Which means. Set your clock for one hour. So if it's uh, like midnight or two o'clock, you put it to one o'clock or three something like that.
2: You're supposed to do it at two o'clock in the morning, and then it becomes three o'clock by some kind of magic or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, Imagine. Oh yeah, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna set my alarm for two o'clock to s- and set it for three o'clock, but it's not gonna go off till three o'clock because I set it too early. <laughs> anyway, some other th- things going on. Again, I want to emphasize this really fun event. Those of you anywhere near central Mississippi or even coming from further away, we have this thing called a, the Plant Swap in Flora. Little Flora, Mississippi. It's north of Jackson, oh, about 15 miles, 10, 15 miles on Highway 49. Flora Library has got, as far as I know, and, and I'm this is not an advertiser. I'm just telling you, it, the oldest continuous plant swap in the known universe. I don't know of any others. Eudora Welty told me one night, she told me one night over dinner, that her mother stopped going to the garden club because they stopped swapping plants at the meetings. She told me that. But anyway, the floor plant swap is going to be on March the 30th. It's the last Thursday of the month. It starts at 9 o'clock, so you need to get there ahead of time because there's usually 40, 50 people there, and they all bring One or two ready-to-go plants. When I say ready-to-go, it's got roots on it, you know, not something you dug up that morning or something that's floppy or something, whether it's a potted plant, a bulb, a herb, a little shrub, uh, a perennial division, whatever. Make sure that whoever gets it, if they don't know how to grow it, it's not ready to die, okay? So in other words, go ahead and plan ahead of time. Flora plant swap Thursday, March the 30th, starting at 9 o'clock. I will be there because there are some of the coolest plants I have ever seen, and um, would love to uh, help and promote things like that. Now let's go to uh, down to Gulfport. Hey, Keith. Good morning, sir.
8: Hey, good morning. How you doing, fellas? I'm
0: fine. What's going on? What can I help you with?
8: Uh, the guys that cut the trees up for the power company uh-huh. offer the mulch for free. Yeah. Is it viable to use that in your yard?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything you put on top of the ground that covers the ground up, shades, keeps the sun from hitting it, but still lets air and water through is a good mulch. And that, the bark and stuff like that, it is really good. I wouldn't dig it into your dirt because it's still fresh and it takes a little while to, to start decomposing. But if you put it around your shrubs, on top of your flower beds, in your garden, in, on top of potty plants, any place where there's some, some bare dirt, it works great. And by the end of the season, you can turn it into the dirt if you want to. That's some good right. stuff. So could,
8: yeah, and that's why I was just was concerned about the, you know anything that might be on it or what the variance in the trees were from pine no. to ash to oak to whatever they're cutting out. But it, it, it's just they cut everything, but yeah. they give the stuff away for free and they just dump it, you know, yeah, right that,
0: on your lot. Yeah. Now the power company usually they keep their equipment up, so it's usually pretty good. Sometimes it's going to be a bunch of chunky stuff you need to pick out and throw across the fence. Uh, but right. it, so I got that. Yeah, but, and, but, and Keith, a lot of people d- don't understand this. The difference in, in mulch, um, whether it's from pines or oaks or ash or whatever like that, it's almost immeasurable. People say, well, this is acid. No, it's not. It's not that big a deal. Horticultures tend to focus on little details that disappear as soon as you take your glasses off. So I wouldn't right. worry about that at all.
8: I understand and I wanna to relate to you for your lady friend from across the pond that the Easter bunny here is called the Easter cuckoo.
0: There. <laughs> okay. I'm a, I'm making a low of the Easter cuckoo. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ask her about the Easter cuckoo. She'll like it. I'll do it, man. Thank you so much, Keith. And don't Thank worry about them. All right, appreciate it. Got it. Yes, sir. Bye bye. And then now to Wiggins. Hey Helen, good morning.
6: Uh, good morning. I have a question. My husband and another man transplanted a lemon tree that is about nine foot high. But my husband felt like the guy had cut off the tap root. He did. And he transplanted, and it's looking kind of poorly. And he doesn't know whether to cut it back and, you know, protect it for next year or what. It's in the ground. We can put it in a big pot or what.
0: Okay, uh, that that's a that's a big plant. I worked at a garden center, at a nursery, a plant production nursery where we grew stuff out in fields, dug them and put them in landscapes. I did that for a living before I ever went to college. I would not move a plant that's taller than me. I just wouldn't do it, and I know what I am doing. Uh, it, to, to answer your question, though, if uh, if you plant something from a seed. It has a taproot, but if it's ever dug and moved, that taproot never grows back. It cuts it off It's sort of a one-shot thing. So if the plant was growing somewhere else bef- and it was first planted in your yard, not from a seed, it didn't have taproot to begin with. Anyway, to answer your question, it's really important to balance the top with the fact the plant doesn't have much of its feeder roots. All those little feeder roots were cut off, and a plant's going to struggle to grow new roots. Um if 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 it has a lot of pull on it from too many leaves at the top. I would cut it back, uh, thin out some of the limbs, and then some uh-huh. of the branches, the limbs that you leave, thin some of the branches off of those. In other words, just take a lot of the top growth off and um, see if the plant doesn't have a chance to grow roots before it gets too hot this summer. Okay, great.
6: Thank you so much for your information.
0: Good luck on it, Helen. Don't be too mad at him because <laughs> I, I know you're mad at him. <laughs> Just a little bit. But bye. That's okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bye bye. Let's go up to Lafayette County. Hey, Richard, what's going on in uh, up there? And, and, and you've got unbelievable springtime, a little bit early up up there in North Mississippi.
8: I'm sitting on the porch enjoying it, now.
0: was it what, you got birds singing and all that?
8: Oh yeah, yeah. I had a bald eagle fly over a couple of days ago.
0: Is that cool? Well, what can I help you with this morning?
8: I got like a wooded yard. Part of the yard is gets uh-huh. real shady, yeah, and there's moss growing in it. Yeah, it's like forty percent of it's covered in moss.
0: And mm-hmm.
8: I was wondering, is there something I can put on it to to kick it in the butt and make it take on over?
0: You, you know, to, you know, to to make it spread better.
8: You got it. Yeah,
0: that that's a good approach because moss is a natural woodland floor plant. You know, and there's a, matter of fact, there's people who live out in the hills who are what we call moss pickers. They go out and they take shovels and they dig it up in sheets and they sell it to landscapers. You know, well, and so I got some <laughs>
8: places other than where I'm talking about that well, I could
0: do that if that helps. Well he, here's the three things that moss needs to grow really well. It needs shade, of course. It needs a yeah. compacted soil. So if you've got some pretty good dirt out there the bunch of tree leaves and worms and stuff, it's not going to grow as well. So you could just stomp over that area and kind of mash it down. And it needs acidic conditions, so it, it, which wouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't be a problem. You've got naturally acidic soils out there. But if you were to give it a little bit of a natural nitrogen fertilizer, not a chemical because that can burn it, but something like a little cottonseed meal, uh, something like that, just a very light coast, give you an idea of... Uh, uh, a pound and a half of cottonseed meal will cover a hundred square feet. I mean, that's yeah. just that's just a, a very light dusting. We're talking about a quart jar full, basically will cover a ten foot by ten foot area. That ain't much, and that'll you know that'll that'll sort of uh, stimulate a little bit without uh, you know making it grow too fast. The moss grows really in, well in poor, compacted, shady soils.
8: Well, I got a bunch of that.
0: You can also I take a little
8: to die it out because I didn't rake the leaves and left it covered last winter. Mm-hmm. I raked the leaves this year and it seems to be doing better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the leaves, you know, they, usually the leaves, uh, worms come up over oh, oh, the you know, wintertime and eat them and circulate them around the roots. So, you know, a few leaves doesn't, ha- you know, don't hurt. But if they're real, real thick, I'd, I'd get the worst of them off. But a little bit of nitrogen fertilized, just a tiny bit. And you can also take little small squares of it, take a flat shell and just scoop off little flaps of it and introduce it to other areas. But when you put it on top of the ground, step on it. Step on it. You want to mash it. You know, it grow, look where it grows. It grows in really hard-packed, miserable conditions. Yeah, yeah. So right. put it on top of the ground, step on it, and it'll just think it's being treated good.
8: right. Uh, that'll work.
0: All righty, Thank Richard. You. Appreciate it. All, right. All righty. Let's go to uh, Mobile. Hey, Beth, how are you this morning?
5: I'm doing great.
0: Can you help us with the the wisteria thing?
5: Well, I have had battled the wisteria for forever. And I'll admit, I'm an internet researcher, and uh-huh. um, I actually had found a study done by Auburn about, about wisteria. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit, it was after the Harvey Updike killed the tree in, in, in Auburn. Right, right. But I started, what I did is I started cutting the branches when they were very, very big, um, and then kind of whittling down the top of it with a knife mm-hmm. and applying something called Tordon.
0: Tordon. Tordon is a very powerful herbicide that can also kill trees.
5: Right, right. And that's why I was only applying it just to the, the really thick wisteria part. Mm-hmm. And it has now, I haven't had any problems in two years now with any of the plants other uh, around it. But it seems to have gone down and
0: killed, kind of like those tubers that seem to just be yeah. going everywhere. Yeah, it's not tubers. It is, it is uh, uh, rhizome type, uh, you know, type, type roots. Uh, Tordon is, uh, you know, it's a very powerful. You know, over the years, I've been doing this uh, ra- a radio program since 1983. Been doing this a long time, and I really try to restrict the type of chemicals that I recommend to things that I think are right. safe. Tordon, if it's used properly. It can be it, it can be effective, but it's also if somebody listens and says, he says tordon, they're gonna kill their trees if they're not careful. Around right, you know right. and, the,
5: that's, and, the, and I don't spray it. I just only apply it like with a little sponge kind of thing yeah, yeah. to the actual wooden root after I've cut it off. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, and I can, as a as a horticulture scientist, and a lot of people don't realize I've got a degree in horticulture, the science of doing that stuff, I took a whole course called weed science, uh, and I can appreciate that will work, but Roundup is a lot safer and it'll work too. And and it won't hurt your trees. So And and even when I say Roundup, you can't believe the emails I get from people saying, you shouldn't recommend chemicals, fella. I'm thinking, okay, okay, whatever. But anyway, you're right, Tordon, if it's used carefully. But if you get around the roots of your trees and shrubs, it'll kill them too for a long time. (laughs)
5: I, I, I let I let these things be about four feet tall when yeah. I cut them, yeah. and so it's not anywhere down near there. And then just will down about four inches, Yeah. and just apply it. And then I've okay. actually sometimes put the little the things you put for like floral stems yeah. okay. on we, top of it just to hold it in there. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, like I say, you know, and and I appreciate that'll work. That'll work. But uh, if anybody's not sure what you're talking about, folks, y'all need to email me, and I can explain it in more detail before you just go out and start start doing that because it is a powerful herbicide. But anyway, thank you so much, Louise. I mean, uh, Beth. Sorry. Now, the reason I said Louise because Louise calling from Mobile. Also, hey, Louise. Good morning. Hi. Howdy. Howdy.
6: Hello. Are you talking
0: to Louise? I sure am. What's okay, good.
6: I bought a bag, a big bag of um, cotton meal, uh-huh. I mean cotton seed meal. Like right. Recommended. How do I use it?
0: Uh, what are you going to use it on? Well, I
6: have some shrubs in the garden, and I have a couple of rose bushes, and I have grass.
0: Okay. Well, I, it's 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 a good source of nitrogen fertilizer. You just want to scatter it kind of lightly. Uh, a anywhere. Pu- Per, per, well, it's, uh, it's it's really good for green growing plants, you know, lawns and things like that. It doesn't have all the other stuff that roses need in it, but it's a good natural fertilizer, mostly nitrogen. And by keeping in mind, a pint jar full, uh, I'll tell you how, how big an area, an area that's three feet by three feet, something that the two of us can put our arms around, all it takes is about half a cup. Okay, that d- d- a long way?
6: And it does. It goes a long ways. I wanted to uh, tell
0: you
6: that I enjoyed your your performance last night. Great <laughs> I drove from Mobile
0: all the way to Foley, well, and, and I took your picture and I thank you for that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know I I had a lot of fun. I'm prancing around. I'm ranting and raving and saying stuff that horticultures can't say. It's so because
6: entertaining,
0: uh, you know? yeah. Well, we really appreciate it, Louise. Thank you so much, and appreciate you coming out last. We did have a good, a big crowd too. A nice big crowd.
5: Yes,
0: and I bought two of your books. Okay. Well, well, but we get. They
6: make nice
0: present. Thank you, Louise. Appreciate it so much. Thank you for calling. Yes,
6: sir.
0: All righty. Bye now. Sounds like she was at work. I'm not sure she was. Well, driving work. to work. Yeah. Hey, uh, we we got uh, there's a couple of emails that I wanted to share. Can we can we do that? We don't need to do that music thing, do we? I mean, we we, we don't.
2: No, we don't have to. We we the calls were plentiful,
0: and we and we appreciate that. <laughs> we do, we do. But here's a, uh, a, a a call that I think is important for a lot of folks. Uh, uh, Nikki Pierce from Moss Point said her pecan has a black mold or fungus on the bark. What I recommend a spray to remove the fungus. That's called that's a black mold and sooty mold. Uh, is, is actually a type of mold that doesn't hurt the plants. It grows on the drippings from insects and mites. So if you've got black sticky, if you've got sticky stuff dripping out of trees, on your furniture, your car, the bark, whatever, uh, that's insect excrement and this black mold grows on that. It in itself is not a problem. Uh, and, and it's just like if you leave a spot of maple syrup on your kitchen counter, it's going to get this black mold on it. That's just a natural thing. So the problem isn't the mold. The problem of the insects are sucking juice out of the plant. You can maybe spray a crepe myrtle. You can treat a gardenia. Ain't no way to treat a pecan tree, though. So I wouldn't worry about that at all. Also, uh, somebody wanted to know, uh, is pine needles in the compost too acidic? And, again, I want to emphasize pine needles and and, uh, oak leaves and things like that, the acidity of them as they decompose is not that big a deal. It's one of those horticultural bugaboos that they always, you know, prance around all these facts and stuff. But it's not a big deal in the big picture. It's really, really, really not. Now, here's a really good one. This is from Bill in DeShoba County. He wants to know, can he grow rhubarb? You know, Rhubarb is a plant that grows up north. If you're in Iowa and you don't have what they call a pie plant, because you don't have any friends. It's that easy to grow. Rhubarb doesn't like the hot, hot summers. Doesn't like the mild, fickle winters. Doesn't like the the, uh, the heavy rainfall we get. But if you were to plant it in a raised bed on the east side of your house where it gets morning sunshine, because rhubarb needs sunshine to grow, but protected from the hot afternoon sun. If you can put it in an area where it doesn't stay hot in the afternoon and it's in a raised bed, rhubarb will do Okay, here. Now you're going to be on your own. And and the nice part about rhubarb in the south is it you, you can eat rhubarb, the new growth, about the same time we have strawberries, which is the only way you can eat rhubarb, as far as I'm concerned. Strawberry rhubarb pine. Anyway, rhubarb, a northern plant. Try it on the east side of your house in a raised bed. Same thing with hostas. Same things with peonies. Peonies like. Sunshine, but they don't like heat. So on the early-blooming peonies do perfectly fine here. Uh, if they're early-blooming varieties, they don't need a long cold spell. So you got your earphones on. you got something. Are you just looking all producery there, Java?
2: All producer as I can look.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had such a good time last night down in uh, down in, in Foley, Alabama, talking to the Garden Club in Biloxi. And uh, any time I can get out and, and have a good time and encourage people to garden. Horticulture is fine, but there's a lot of just plain old gardening stuff out there, and I speak both languages. If you're a garden club, master gardener, plant society, uh, horticulturist, I can talk that kind of language, but if you're just what we call a dirt gardener, like to plant stuff, and don't really care if it makes it or not, we're just having a good time, I'll talk that too. I would like to follow up a couple of comments I made today. It is really too late to treat spring weeds in the lawn. The grass is greening up, and it is sensitive to herbicides. Herbicides that your lawn can normally tolerate can damage it when it's in spring green up, so the next month or so. The winter weeds are at the end of their season. They're big, they're bold, they're irritating to some people. They're in flower. They're nearly impossible to kill with weed killers this stage. So if you've got weeds, what I call wildflowers in your lawn, leave them alone, mow your grass. Sometime in April, give it a little fertilizer. And if you really don't like what you got out there right now, let's concentrate on on getting your lawn good and healthy and thick this summer. And let's think about using a weed killer next December or January. And I always emphasize this. On the other hand, you can always just plant some daffodils out there and call it a meadow. Dandelions, uh, daffodils, henbit, uh, clover. These things are wonderful meadow plants in much of the world. And we can enjoy them here as well. As soon as you mow your grass, they're gone for the summer. This has been the Gestalt Gardener. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. My producer, John Chapman, is so patient with me. Our call screen today was Mary Cole. Appreciate you, Mary, coming in and helping. Uh, the the uh, cuckoo Easter thing is coming up sometime next month. Anyway, I'll see you at the plant swap at Flora, but next week I'm going to be broadcasting live from San Diego, California, uh, doing a program there at their Botanical Garden, and we're going to be whooping it up and bringing some plants back that I think will enhance our gardens here in the Deep South. Uh, if you get a chance, go to farm. Take a kid to a garden center, uh, enjoy the springtime, and show a kid how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty.